Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kar and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Copycats and Endurance. Today's episode is sponsored by Balsamic, makers of Balsamic wireframes, the OG of low fidelity wireframing tools. Um, and I really like their business, so that's why I let them sponsor the podcast. Balsamic is a design for bootstrap founders who have great ideas for their apps, but can't afford to hire a full-time UX designer. And it's really easy to use just as Keynote or PowerPoint. You drag and drop UI controls, buttons, checkboxes, and text on the page, and you'll have the main screens for your app designed in no time. That's super useful because you can then review your designs with the developer or prospective client before you write any code. I've used it a lot in the past, and I really like it. And Balsamic have decided to support this podcast again. And because they're already well-known in the community, they've decided to donate their airtime to you, the listener of the show. And it's going to start with the next episode with a couple of really cool businesses lined up. And it's going to be amazing. So thank you, Balsamic. If you want a promo code for Balsamic, go to balsamic.com slash go slash bootstrap dash founder for your promo code and support them because they support me. So now let's get started. Almost every product that ranks number one on Product Hunt eventually gets copied. It happens, yeah, every day, maybe every week. Someone sees an interesting product getting traction there and they decide to build the same thing. They check out the product's landing page. They copy that page verbatim almost and then sign up for a free account. If it's a SaaS business, they go through every product interface, take a screenshot and then continue to build the exact same thing. Or do they? Because it's just that what copycats build is never the same thing as the original. Not on the same level, not even close. But still, that doesn't make this moment any less frightening for the founders who created the original product. Then they quickly envision that their hard-earned MRR is dropping down to zero because of those new competitors, and they see years of painful work and sacrifice being becoming wasted time. And they fear that the copycat will take away every single customer that they fought for so hard. But here's the silver lining. Most copycat stories start scary, but have a happy ending. So why are copycats not the end of the world? I want to spend some time today just looking into several factors that have been proven to be true repeatedly, one failed copycat at a time. And it all starts with copycats copying the outside, the interface, the product, but never the business. And that is true for SaaS businesses and um, other service-based businesses. If we look into e-commerce, it gets, a, it gets different because there's really no founder brand involved. There's no brand, no business brand involved. It's just about products and the, the bottom line. So that is not what I'm talking about when I talk about copycats. I'm talking about copycats in the context of SaaS businesses that have a more complicated business with a deceptively simple product or a product that is not the full business, right? Just as a, as a difference. Because when we talk about copycats in this context, they may just make a shadow copy, a lossy copy. They make a copy of your product, but they, don't, they cannot copy the processes of your business. If you have a... Um, direct-to-customer e-commerce business, and they make a copy of the product, there is infrastructure in place that allows them to completely um, circumvent inventing process because e-commerce process is well-defined. People know exactly how logistics work, and there are a lot of services out there that make this extremely easy. So again, 
in today's context, we're talking about copycats that make a shallow copy. Like they see a product on, on Product Hunt, they copy the interface, but they completely yeah, don't understand what's behind it. And I think that's a form of cargo culting, really. They, they imitate a product without understanding what customer needs went into the creation of the product. And copycats rarely have any meaningful insight into the market that their copied product will serve. And there's another thing, like you cannot copy personality and relationships. They Copycats might get a few of your customers by just like aggressively advertising to them, but any competitor might have grabbed those people. Right? It doesn't need your, your copycat to grab customers that would have left your business anyway. So you didn't have a strong relationships with those, with those customers to begin with. So a copycat stealing your customers is just like an, another competitor with a better product that had been in the market for quite a while stealing your customers. The customer and business owner relationship just wasn't strong enough. So that's something you can optimize for, right? The, the stronger the relationship you have with your customers because you have a brand that those people admire or because you are a great founder that is responsible and um, for, for the work that you do and responsive to the customers once they reach out, that is a relationship that strengthens the bond between you and your customer so that they are not easily grabbed by some other business. And that is something that you cannot copy. Your relationship with your customers is something that you've built over a long term and a copycat won't invest that time because by nature, they're attracted to one particular kind of business. And I'll be talking about this in a second. Another angle on this is that you can't copy knowledge or entrepreneurial instinct. So the decision-making process that led to your product features is something that has to be understood to be appreciated. Your copycat won't know why you did things. They will only see what you did. And that lack of foundational knowledge will leave them unable to make meaningful progress without failing a lot. And copycats don't like failure. They, if they were serious about entrepreneurship, they'd solve a novel problem or would at least try to solve it differently, existing problems. They prefer the easy way. That's why they copy. They sense an easy opportunity. And the moment running the cloned business stops being easy, copycats will look for something else because that's their trait. They look for easy. Endurance is on the side of the founder who takes their business seriously and who can deal with failure and see it as a learning opportunity. And then there's the fact that copycats don't care about personal relationships with the founders that they copy from. So right now we're going into a, like a meta level, into a founder community level. They don't understand that their founder brand within the community of other founders is essential to their long-term success. Burning bridges is a war tactic, not a community empowering activity. And we are living in an, in an abundance community. The founder community, to me at least, feels like an abundance mindset community. And copycats have a scarcity mindset. They think of taking something away from others. And they will fail in the world of abundance mindset-oriented communities like the ones we're in. So with all of these things in mind, why do founders still feel real fear in the face of a potential new competitor? And from my own experience, having gone through this a couple of times, I believe that it's all in our self-talk. It's in how we think about ourselves, the risk of our business, and the threat of competition. As founders, we are incredibly biased. We live and breathe our business every day, all day, and everything gets amplified, the good and the bad. When we succeed, we feel high as a kite. We're elated. But when problems rear their ugly head, we often feel them much more strongly than we probably should. And that sensitivity 
causes us to feel fearful when we see someone coming for a piece of our pie. Our life's work feels threatened at that point. And it's incredibly hard not to feel like we're under attack, even when we know that copycats are easily discouraged. Right? Sometimes it just needs a week for them to figure out, Ugh, not we're gonna do that. Like I've seen so many people on Twitter saying there's a copycat in my space, tracing everything that happened, trying to figure out where they stole it, where that, where that happened. And then a week later, there's a message with, oh yeah, their, their business folded because they didn't care. So this, this strong feeling, this amplified feeling that we have towards our copycats is something that is just that comes from us as founders feeling things so much more strongly to begin with. And I think this is a misguided projection that we do. We consider our copycats to have the same drive and ambition that we do as, let's, let's call it, earnest founders, earnest entrepreneurs. And maybe on some level, they, the, the will to clone an existing business needs a certain level of motivation. Sure, right? But that motivation that copycats have resides in a completely different part of the brain. Like copying a product is a result of the will to exploit. Building a business in earnest is a result of the will to serve. And serving and exploiting are very opposing concepts. And which one you choose as a like origin of your motivation makes a big difference. The wonderful thing about this is that the will to serve forges much deeper and stronger relationships with our customers and with anybody involved, like potential partners and our co-founders, then the will to exploit ever will. Like the will to exploit, if that's the basis of your motivation, your relationships with your customers are gonna be one-sided, the relationship with your partners is gonna be predatory, your co-founders will hate you after a while. So if that is the origin for where your energy comes from, you're gonna run into problems eventually. But if you have serving, the, the idea of service at the center of everything you do, all relationships will be strong. And an honest approach to business will, if, will lead to your customers defending you and your business when it comes under attack, when something happens, even long after they stop being your customers. People's trust in you becomes stronger over time and it endures beyond the business relationship. I remember um, running Feedback Panda, the, the um, online English teacher productivity SaaS that I co-founded with my, my girlfriend um, in 2017. We sold it in 2019. And in those two years, I, I distinctly remember building relationships with people just by serving them through customer service chat or emails or just like actually like calling them on Zoom. Or Danielle went to a couple of meetups and just really talked with people, like connected with people. And even after those online English teachers stopped using our tool because they found a different job, because for most it was like a second or a third job even, they would still suggest our product to fellow, like their friends, their peers that started online English teaching, or in the communities where they were on Facebook and Twitter and, and other communities, they would still talk well about us. And if anybody complained about our product, they would go in there with their extensive knowledge of our product from a couple of years ago or a year or a couple of months ago at that point, and would talk us up, would defend us against accusations, against complaints. It was wonderful because this relationship that we had built with our customers was there even after they stopped paying for our service. And that's, that, that is something that if you understand this and if you work at that, try to build those relationships, you will build an army for yourself, an army to defend your business. 
and you will build strong relationships. And where your copycat erodes the long-term trust, both with their community of customers and the founder community, which is, I think, very much important for building a long-term reputation as a founder. If you call them out, of course, like you could also just completely ignore your copycats and not talk about them in the community. But if you do, their, their, their trust in the community will be gone. You yourself will strengthen the bonds with your entrepreneurial peers if you're honest, if you're a serious founder. And noticing a clone of your business appearing in the market is always a scary moment. So let's not neglect the fact that there is this moment of like an emotional response. And it's, it's absolutely fine to feel a, an emotional response, but it can be positive and affirming even for you as a founder that is being copied if you choose to frame it as such, if you choose to frame it as a positive and affirming thing. Call it out. Speak to the copycat, ask them to change their product and talk to your peers about it and consider this um, an act of teaching, an act of empowering, maybe somebody who's just not found the right way to entrepreneurship yet. Somebody clones a business as one of the first things they do. Maybe that's something they read about. Maybe that's something they thought is a good way to build a business. So you have an opportunity to teach somebody about something that should be slightly different or maybe use their skill in building a product to not build a product that already exists. You know, give them an opportunity to maybe go for something that you have in the back of your mind that you don't have time to build for. You, you can always reframe it as something positive, empowering and affirming if you want to. You can always also keep, just keep being scared and act in a defensive way I wouldn't do that because that's being reactive and that doesn't really help. Um, at least it doesn't set your own course. You just kind of adjust your course to match somebody else's and that in business is not usually a good idea. But you, you, can, you can feel many things, but try to use it as a positive and empowering moment as well. And then trust that your long-term vision will stand strong against the many clones that may pop up. It's just your endurance as a founder is what matters. Your understanding of the market and customers and your ability to communicate your journey clearly to your audience, that is something that is unique to you and that is something that cannot be copied. You build a business on trust and knowledge while your copycat builds on exploitation and deception. So people will see that. And in the end, you'll be the one who's still around while they have a graveyard of unsuccessful cloned businesses to their name. The copycats, of course. So it is always frightening and it really also depends on which market you're in. Like I said, if you are in an e-commerce market, if you are in a market where the product itself is most of the business and the logistics behind it are not something that you have any impact in, like if you sell on Amazon as an Amazon seller, you don't really have that much branding to begin with, you might yeah, react differently to copycats, maybe even take legal action if you need to. But if you're building in the blue ocean field, if you're building a SaaS in some field where nobody else has built anything yet or where solutions are just different, then a copycat is very unlikely to be able to copy your complete business and the success of it and your founder knowledge and your founder brand as well. So just consider that endurance and kindness even, even towards the people who copy you, is a path that will leave 
um, very little space for failure on your part and a lot of opportunity for success and building a reputation for being an empowering and kind founder in your community, which then in the future obviously will have these knockoff effects of people working with you, wanting to work with you, wanting to empower you, wanting to help you build an even bigger business. It's all about really understanding that whatever you do should be something positive and not just a reaction to something negative. And I think that's where I'm going to end it today. Thank you so much for listening to the Roots of Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at avidkahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. You can find my book Zero to Sold at zerotosold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you've got any questions about this episode, please reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootstrap Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thanks again for, to Balsamic for sponsoring the episode. And thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.